Hey, Eli. What? We all know Albert Einstein was a genius. Yeah. Have you heard of him? Yeah. But I heard his brother Frank was a monster. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 198, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this week, I'm joined by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power, and also the Editor-in-Chief of SuperParent.com and GameDaily.biz. This week, we're going to talk about video games. Um, so, yeah, this was, a, this was a pretty slow week, you know? Like, nothing happened. It was super yeah. boring. Zero things. Nothing at all. That's totally a lie. There were many things. So we're um, not going to throw a ninja smoke bomb and just get the heck out of here and go yeah, play more video games? We can't. I mean, we can't because we have a responsibility to the people. It's true, we do. So, um, a lot of stuff happened. Some of it we're not going to talk about because uh, we don't need to talk about The Last of Us um, because it's not family appropriate. And if you want to hear more, the preview embargo ended today, which is Thursday. Yeah. Um, so... It's everywhere. There's a bunch of dorks talking about it all day. So just go find them. Um, yes. And, uh, but there this week there was a PlayStation State of Play event. There was an uh, an inside Xbox thing. Oculus yep. did a weird thing for some VR they stuff. They did so many weird things. They did many, many weird things, including releasing a Star Wars game, um, like, on stage. How wacky is that? Um... I mean, it's not really that wacky. It's a way to make money because people like Star Wars stuff, but whatever. Um, and not only that, but since the last time we spoke, Apple released Apple Arcade, which I don't want to get hyperbolic, but it's probably one of the coolest things to happen to video games this year at least. Yes. That's um, not hyperbolic. That's just for real. Um, I How about this? Um, and we'll talk about this later, but this is a, like some... Hot takes. I was listening to the Continue podcast, which I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's with Gabe Roberts and Susan Arndt and friend of the show. Actually, Susan Arndt and Anthony John Agnello are friends of the show. And Susan Arndt, who is a mobile game freak. I was going to call her an aficionado, but yes, freak freak works. Freak works. Um, And I think she would appreciate that too. Um, But she knows her stuff. She referred to Apple Arcade as the biggest and best thing to happen to mobile gaming since the touch screen. That's a direct quote from her. I don't think she's wrong. She's not. Um, and she uh, also, I wouldn't call, say she was wrong even if she was, because it's not my place, but she's damn right in this case. Um, so, and we're going to talk a lot about the value of that um, later. Um, but before we do, we're going to go around the horn because you and I have been sampling a smorgasbord of mobile games because uh-huh. um, we get a free month of Apple Arcade just like everybody else, and what are we going to do other than use it? I mean, wrong. I'm not just going to sit there. So, no. um, we went through before we recorded the episode um, and talked about some of the games that we have played and enjoyed. Um, Amanda, why don't you start Okay. And we're just going to jump right into this, folks, because we got a lot of games to talk about today. We have so many games to talk about. Okay, so the first game that that I want to talk about is Where Cards Fall. Okay. So Where Cards Fall is developed by this rad little crew 
over in California, and they have been working on this game for nine years. What? That is how long they've been working on this game. It was picked up by a publisher in Canada, the same folks that made Alto's Adventure and Alto's Odyssey, if you are familiar with those premium um, those mobile games Those are amazing well. mobile They're games. exceptional games. They're exceptional games. Where Cards Fall is an equally exceptional game. So it is a game all about just what it sounds like. You are building and collapsing like card towers, essentially. And you are trying to guide this young person through this journey of discovery, of reflection, and of coming to terms with their past. Okay. It's a puzzle. It's it's very much so a puzzle game. It's a puzzle traversal game. So you have to build different kinds of card towers that have different properties that allow your person to get from one part of the get from one part of the environment to the other. Okay. And you do that by it's all gestural. So it's not a game that you can use a controller with. So you okay. use your fingers to expand. So if you um, expand your fingers like you're zooming in, it expands the cards out. You can you have an incredible amount of granularity okay. where you can make it as big as you want or almost as small as you would want it to be within reason. As long as it fills the space, that's what matters. So this, I'm, I'm looking at the trailer on Apple Arcade as I download it. It's unbelievable. It is my favorite Apple Arcade game. I saw it during the preview event a couple of weeks ago, and I absolutely adored it. I fell in love with the concept. I absolutely love the developers. They're so kind. And the game is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's fun to play. It looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Not just from a graphics perspective, but from a tactile perspective. When you when you spread those cards out and you spread your fingers, like it feels good. Everything clicks. Everything moves the way it's supposed to. You drag the cards around. The animation's really beautiful, and it looks just like a deck of cards ought to. So yeah. that is my favorite, favorite, favorite game on Apple Arcade right now. And since Apple Arcade, you get a free month. It's, it's free right now. It's free right now. I'm still going to pay for it, but it's free right now. Yeah? Oh, I mean, I can't imagine not having an Apple Arcade subscription. Okay, so so that's where cards fall. I don't even have a price for you. Um, Here's the, because it doesn't have one. Um, it won't have one. It's exactly. only, only part of Apple Arcade. It is one of the, so the thing about Apple Arcade to remember is that each of these games had to be brand new. So they can't have been released anywhere else on any other platform. Mm -hmm. They signed an exclusive deal with Apple Arcade. Yep. Some of it is exclusive for mobile devices like Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's also That also came out on Switch. Neocab ended up just having... Neocab's was interesting because it's actually coming out on Switch and on Steam. And we're not going to be talking about Neocab tonight, but that's that's one of the other ones that had an interesting um, exclusivity deal. But if you want to know more about that, I actually ended up writing about that on Game Daily the um the business scenarios for developers so if you're curious about the business of apple arcade i pulled that together i know and i read it it was very it was very it's where i learned most of my stuff um okay so anyway where cards fall oh my goodness <laughs> where cards fall sounds great the, here's what's crazy like, like there's there's so many games there's a hundred games on there yeah and, and didn't they even add a couple more Already? Maybe? Um, I don't know. Either way, there's a lot of games. 
and more than you could possibly play. Um, so just to get the tail of the tape on where cards fall, it's 12 plus. Um, I'm guessing that's because I know on mobile age ratings involve. Is it content? Content. It's because it gets a little bit sad, okay. and I think that the end of the the end of it might have some content warnings. Um, I'm not there yet, but I have heard tell. Okay, well, it's T for teen-ish. So T for preteen. T for preteen. So and and it's got the feels. So um, it is a puzzle game, um, and it is only it is single player only, which I would expect most of these games would be, but you never know; things are going to change. Um, I want to talk about uh, Overland. Oh, talk about Overland. So, Finji. Overland is from Finji. Finji is a publisher that is, uh, many people will know them from Night in the Woods. And they've done a bunch of other stuff too. Um, we're all going to know them from Tunic. Which yes, our I'm tiny guessing, fox friend. Is that, that's next year, right? Uh, it doesn't have a date, but it's next year. Like, we just know. Fingers crossed. I mean, if it's not next year, we, we ride. We ride. Um, we have to because so, we need tunic because we do need tunic um and so finji does smaller games and they all have all of them have really interesting and cool art styles the thing about overland is a turn-based um strategy game picture this it's like the oregon trail where uh you are where it is an alien apocalypse but not in like a super dark way. Like it's happening and like it's dark, but it's not like gruesome. Um, and the aliens are alien-like as opposed to zombie-like, which I think is very critical. Um, and the idea is you're trying to get from the East Coast to the West Coast. That's it. It's like the road in that way, you know? Um, less cool. But like way less depressing because the road is like soul-suckingly depressing. This is like... Huh? Oh, and Brutally violent. Yeah, and it's brutal. This one, not so much. Basically, you are moving. Yeah, tense is definitely it because every step you take matters. You don't have. Um, you only have. You have a limited number of steps that you can take. Every spot on the map is like a three D grid that you can yep. move around, and maybe you find a. You know, the game is over when you run out of gas and you can't go anywhere. So you're going to search for gas. You might find survivors. You might find another car. You might find traps or hazards. And the idea is you're going to lose. It's like, you know, it's like Oregon Trail, right? But, um, and the map is always random. Um, you know, random is probably not the right word. Procedurally generated. It's procedurally um, generated, yeah. Um, and man, is it fun. Like, it's just a neat, it very, it's a very cool bite-sized experience. This is coming out on a bunch of other stuff too. So if you want to play it on PC, it's on itch, um, and it's going to be on Steam. Um, but this is one where, at least, it was when they told me this may have changed everything. I don't know. Um, but it's perfect for mobile, so I really don't have an issue with it. The touch controls work great. Um, the art style is very minimal, um, and also um, you can have a dog in your party. And who doesn't like having a doggo in their party? It's true. I don't know if you can pet the dog, though. Um, I haven't I don't tried. Think, um, I'm going to be real. I don't think there's enough time to pet the dog. That's the deal. It's true. There is there is very little time to do anything other than survive. I think it's safe to assume that you pet the dog while you are in the station wagon in between cities. I'm going to – that's my canon is you pet the dog that's when you're That's good head canon. I support this. But, um, yeah, this is one of those games if you have – 
give it a shot. It is a strategy game. It is not easy. No. Um, however, um, it's not inappropriate. It's rated nine plus. Um, you know, so this is one of those like E10 plus games equivalent. Um, because they're it's cartoony stuff. They're cartoony aliens. There's no blood. Um, and it's just it's the, the big challenge here is that it is difficult. However, um, it is not as difficult as Oregon Trail, and we would put our kids in front of that any day. So give it a shot. Oregon Trail, real hard. Real hard. Dysentery. Um, so um, exactly. So, so that's face. Overland. Um, this is a great way to get a hand a hold of that game. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's free. So that's Overland. What do you that got That is next? Overland. Okay, what else do we want to talk about next? What have I got for you? The let's... next one you told me about was Sneaky Sasquatch. Oh, let me talk about Sneaky Sasquatch. Okay, this was another really, really, really fun game that I ended up playing originally at the preview event that I went to. Sneaky Sasquatch is kind of like Untitled Goose Game, except that you're a Sasquatch. Uh, and you're I mean, harassing the park ranger. That sounds great. It's awesome. It's yeah, I mean, Untitled Goose Game, but Sasquatches. So, specifically titled Sasquatch Game. Sneaky Sasquatch. Sneaky Sasquatch. I'm down. It's okay. really, really, really cute. And you get to, you can kind of like collect cars and drive around in them randomly. And as one you does. can, as one does, you can collect fun disguises so that you can actually like go among all of the camp goers and be like, I'm not a Sasquatch. I'm one of you. Oh, yeah. I'm just extremely hairy. Don't worry about it, though, fellow human. It's very cheeky. It's such a cheeky, fun looking game. Like it's it's very fun to play. And it's extremely accessible, so you can pick it up and put it down really easily. You can just pick it up and be like, I kind of want to play a couple minutes of Sneaky Sasquatch. I'm going to go hang out with my fox friend who's going to send me on mischief runs. And then I'm going to go do a little mischief. mischief. I mean, it's a fox, right? I mean, fox friends often want mischief. That's what they do. Agreed. Right? So, yeah, it is Untitled Goose Game, but Sasquatches. Great. That sounds awesome. Here's what it's I would amazing. really love. I would love it if like Sneaky Sasquatch blows up and Untitled Goose Game has already blown up. Um, it blew up before it happened. Um, I really hope because that... that t- are just jerks. No yeah. one suspects a Sasquatch. I mean, okay. I would absolutely suspect a Sasquatch. <laughs> Probably um, try and eat first though <laughs> yeah i mean exactly like i would suspect a sasquatch because like yeah i mean they're monsters with that said geese are more monsters, monsters. i mean i know you have a lot of experience being from canada yes um i'm sure canadian geese they do not say sorry never never and they are ornery horrible horrible yeah horrible animals yeah so i get it and um, so I hope that this turns into like a whole like mischief genre. Like I would love to just play stupid mischief games like all over the place. It just sounds fun. I'm all for stupid So that's mischief. Sneaky Sasquatch. Uh, the art is so cool. It's so cute. It's very wholesome. Um, and again, that's one of the, th- that's one of the things that I really dig about Apple Arcade. Just like the collection is like, the breadth of the games that are on there. Because um, there's just so many different things. But, like, 
Eve. And they're like, weird. Yeah. They are weird. We should. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the topic. But they are weird, and yeah. I love weird. You do. <gasps> I thought you were pretty like all in on the mainstream stuff. I, I, I never mind. I wasn't. I, I, I would. I would. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. At least I didn't call you basic. That would have been rude. I wouldn't have done that. It would have been rude because we all know that the most basic of people is Mike. Because he loves pumpkin spice lattes. I mean, I don't even know what that really tastes like. But I have a, I don't have a sense of smell, so everything's weird to me. Um, that's different then. Um, okay. So that's Sneaky Sasquatch. I'm going to talk about uh, What the Golf. Yes. Okay. Tell me everything about What the Golf because okay. I haven't played it yet. Okay, what the golf is uh, the most? I would argue it is the most Steve game that we are talking about today. Because it's because, stupid. Because it's stupid. Okay, so you know, and I know that I like really stupid crap, and um, this game was originally just supposed to be kind of like a putt putt mini golf stupidity right like it was just meant to be like a simple putt putt mini golf kind of thing um and they there was a bug where like it accidentally made like a billion toasters show up or something or like you know like a chair and then they were like what if we made this the whole game and so what the golf was born so um the idea is you are playing golf the golf pieces function is exactly what you imagine you pull back depending on how far you pull back on the screen that's how hard you whack the object that you are trying to get into the hole the key is whereas in most cases yes my my uh, we are both writers my use of the word object was deliberate um in most golf games you are going to hit a roughly or vaguely spherical object into a hole sometimes it's a little different if they want to get fancy in what the golf, it is always different. In some cases, it is a car. In some cases, it is an office chair. In some cases, it could very well be a person. This is the stevest game I've it ever It really heard. is. And so um, in one case, it is a bowling ball. So it is, in fact, spherical, but like you're you're doing stuff. So, um, so that is what the golf in a nutshell. I have not finished this game. I've played probably like an hour of it. Um, there's a lot to it. There's a bunch of random courses. There's a bunch of stuff to do. This is the perfect, like, time waster. Like, because it's not complicated. Like, you're just, you're just, yeah, this is just, it's a perfect little mobile game. You throw it on your phone. Every once in a while, you just kind of take it out. You don't have to invest a lot of energy into it. Because, again, everyone who has, everyone who plays games knows how to play golf. Like, I think that's one of those, like, universal things. Like, you True. just, if you know how to play games, you know how to play golf. And thus, it's kind of low pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the golf, being that it costs zero or is part of a four ninety nine subscription, um, this is a perfect game to throw on your phone and mess around with it. Um, there's nothing content inappropriate about it. You're just whacking objects. And if you're hitting people... They just do like the ragdoll physics thing. So there's no like, it's not like anybody gets hurt. You're just whacking things. So that's what the golf. Kind of like keep home. Um, yes. Yes. It's similar to that. Um, only they have legs. That's fair. 
Um, so yeah, that's what the golf. I'm very excited. This is one of those ones that I knew was coming, and I think this is another one that's coming to consoles and stuff like that. Um, I think this. I think what the golf would be amazing in VR. Personally, that might be interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so that's what the golf. What you got next? All right. What is next on my list here? Next on my list is Stranded Sales. Okay. So I tried I this have... one and struggled. Yeah, this one's a little bit more difficult to play with uh, touch commands. You yeah. need to be hooking up a controller or you need to, and especially if you can, playing it on a larger screen. So playing it on an iPad or playing it on Apple on Apple TV, it makes a really big difference. Otherwise, the touch controls are really, 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 really finicky. Yeah, yes. Basically, so, you can't do much. No, it's hard. It's really, really hard to play this game on an iPhone with touch controls. If you hook it up to an iPad and hook up, or even like maybe the touch controls on iPad are better. Um, but anyway, so... I like Stranded Sales because I like that it is incorporating a bunch of my favorite styles of games into one game. So it's very like Dragon Quest Builders meets Harvest Moon meets, um, shoot, what was that? It meet Terraria because it's okay. kind of Terraria-ish. Okay. And it's got fairly decent combat. I played the original build of this game... I played or I played a previous build of this game before it went to mobile on Steam um, at a preview event. So I really liked it. I loved it at the preview event. I like it better on a larger screen with a controller rather than playing with it on a touch screen. So I think that that is where the sauce is. Otherwise, it's going to really frustrate you to play this game on a smaller screen um, with anything other than a controller because the touch commands just don't work very well on it because it's just such as like the real estate small screen. yeah so yeah anyway but the game itself is really fun because it mashes together a ton of my favorite my favorite genres into one game and i get to play as this scrappy little kid you know trying to build a trying to build a boat and get the heck off this island and you know just reunite with the crew essentially, because they're trying to sail off into this brand new land of tundra and coldness. Not really sure why they're looking to go live in the mountains where it's cold, but you know what? I am not one to judge. Yeah, we're not judging here. We're not um, judging here. You know, I try, yeah, I, that was a struggle that I had. I tried to play it, and man, was it difficult playing it with a touchscreen. Uh, but, um, you know, what are you going to do, right? Like, you know, it... It, it looks like a game that I would absolutely be my jam. So this is one of those ones that... Um, I don't know if it's right now, but I know it will be soon that Apple Arcade also works on... Doesn't it work on Mac? Does it work on uh, Mac? I actually... I can't say that off the top of my head. I know that Overland does. I don't know if Stranded Sales does. I would think that it does, that it works on Mac OS. Um, I always forget that that's that's part of Apple Arcade is that it works on Mac OS. Some um, so I'm I'm looking up the internets because um, it might tell me. Um, yeah, it will be available on Mac this fall. So this is one of those things where right now it's mobile only, but like towards the fall, if you have a Mac, which by the way I do, um, I do. then it gets kind of bananas 
Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and it's one of those games. It feels. It felt very um, Stardew Valley to me. Um, yeah. And I, it had it had Stardew Valley vibes. Yeah. Which I really enjoy that game. Mm-hmm. Very excited about it. So uh, this is one of those ones I will revisit and we will talk about it later. Do not mind my dog. He wants my taco. So if you hear a whimpering chihuahua, it's because he wants my taco. And really, now that I mentioned tacos, who doesn't want my taco? Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about my last game. Because I have another game that I played, but we're going to make that a topic. Um, I want to talk about Sayonara Wild Hearts. Because Sayonara Wild Hearts is like super hyped right now. And it's getting a lot of attention because, and I'm here. I've been hearing some people talking about like game of the year kind of stuff. Um, I didn't like it. Okay, I wanna I wanna hear why you didn't like it. Um, I think the here's the reason why. I think it's just not a Steve game. Um, so I struggled with it, and I think part of it could be because it's on a touch screen. Okay. Um, so maybe some of it's the controls. Um, this particular stop, like, I don't, man, I don't know. It, 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 okay. I, like, I don't want to say it's bad because I know it's not, right? It's not a bad game. Yes. So I have to be careful. Um, ultimately I did not like it. Um, and I, and the, the biggest reason was because I just struggled with understanding how to get better at what I was doing. Like, it felt kind of random to me. Um, now, maybe it's because I didn't spend enough time with it, and also maybe I'm just bad at it with a touch control, so I will try it again. I'm not going to, like, you know, bar it from my house or anything. That's but fair. it's one of those things where um, I also didn't really, like, buy into the aesthetic. Okay. You know, like, it just doesn't look... It did not grab me the way it's kind of grabbing everybody else. Okay. Um, You know, like, it looks neat, but... Sure. It's a little minimalist for me, which is weird, because, you know, I've liked other stuff. I don't know. I think it just missed me, like, narrowly to the right in a bunch of different ways that when all of them kind of add up, feels like disliked by a thousand cuts. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am, so you like it. Yes. So why don't you sell me on it? Because maybe I just need to be sold on it because maybe I just don't get it. I don't know if I can sell you on it though. Like I'm not really like the salesy type when it comes to, I can be a hype machine about it, I guess. I have, I, I played about an hour of the game. I love it because it's a rhythm game and I love the music it's very much my kind of music. It's very poppy. It's very upbeat. I adore the aesthetic. And I really, really enjoy that it is ferociously feminine, I suppose. And maybe that's what part of what speaks to me is that it's just unabashedly neon pop. And it just doesn't care. It doesn't, I mean, that is it just, definitely true. It definitely like, it gives just doesn't care. not a single care. In the world. Not a single care. It's challenging. That's the other thing I really like about it is that it's actually a challenging rhythm game. I usually find rhythm games too easy for me because I don't have any problem picking up on things like... Like when I played Rock Band and stuff like that, Rock Band was almost too easy for me. 
Same with Guitar Hero. Because um, I just... I just don't I don't struggle with those kinds of games, but I struggled with Sayonara Wild Hearts because there are so many different ways that you can move in the game. The verticality is very interesting, especially when you're flying or you're moving through the air on a motorbike or you are fighting with the other with like the trio or with whatever, because that's that's an early boss. That's not really any spoilers. Um, but I really do feel like this game has has chops and there's this underlying story to it that and it's it's actually voiced the narrator is queen latifah which is super cool okay, i, I was pretty psyched that. about that yeah it was cool was so the narrator at, yeah so the the narrator at the beginning is queen latifah and they're talking about how this this hero this heroine was born from her own broken heart and that the forces of the universe were conspiring to sow chaos and she is harmony and she is love and she was born from her own broken heart like as a as a hero and i'm like i love that picking up the pieces of your own broken heart to become this hero to transcend your pain in order to be stronger than ever and saving the world through music and through well-timed violence um, it's because, I mean, it's not like real, real violence or anything like that. Like there's no, the stakes are fairly low. There's no blood or anything like that. It's very, it's, it's highly stylized. So it's my kind of game. It's extremely indie and I really appreciate it for what it is. All right. I'm going to give it another try. And if you still don't like it, that's Okay. There's nothing wrong with not liking whatever's the hotness. That is a-okay. There are plenty of games out there that I didn't like. I didn't like... Oh my goodness. What was the... There was a game not long ago that everyone was talking about that I just couldn't get into. A lot of AAA games, just in general, I can't get into. So, don't worry about it. I'm Don't worried. beat yourself up. Worried is not the correct term. Heart-stopping panic. No, I'm just kidding. Not that either. Um... No, it's you know the thing is I I like to think that I have an open mind game wise. Of course, yeah. And so when I come across a game that lots of people like and I really struggle with, it um it catches me off guard because I'm usually good at finding something good about everything. Yeah, um, I hear you. But I'm gonna give it another try. You've you have sold me on not deleting it from my iPhone. Okay. Um, Maybe this is another good one for you to play on a bigger screen if you can. It could very well be. Um, and so guess what will happen in the fall? I'll probably play a lot of these games. Um, and, and maybe it could be an issue or maybe I just need to enjoy this one like through my kids. Because that's something that I've um, really kind of... Like my oldest son has been playing Undertale. And he finished it. And I've been enjoying that like through him because it's definitely not my kind of game. Even though it's it's because it's just so weird. Yeah, <laughs> that's hundred percent not my. Because it's not dumb. It's weird. Um, True. So he and so my oldest. I mean, he's like right in the in that thing. And when they announced one of the characters for Smash, like he has a, a costume in Smash, he was like, "All right, now I got to do it." So he went and did it. And I've been enjoying it through him because it's definitely okay. not my thing so maybe that's it maybe like my daughter will get into sign our wild hearts or something and because she's been oh getting God. into all sorts of stuff recently 
I would love to hear all about what Maggie thinks about Sayonara Wild Hearts. We'll find out. You know, she's a Minecraft master right now. Um, I would like her to teach me how to be a Minecraft master. Um, sure. She made a gold house because that's what her nana would want, and put llamas in it. Plots of llamas. She's very excited for them to give her bees, so she can put. That's bees amazing. In it. Yeah. Stop um, it, Team Maggie for life. Team Maggie, she's pretty good. She's pretty cute. So, um, last game, you told me that you played a game called Jenny LeClue. Le yes. What's this all about? So, my very last game that I want to talk about is Jenny LeClue. I haven't played a ton of Jenny LeClue yet. I started playing it last night. What I love about Jenny LeClue so far is it is this, it feels very much so like Nancy Drew. Okay. So, you are playing as this fictional character, Jenny LeClue as she is going through what might be her final story because her author who is essentially narrating the whole thing and writing the whole thing has been told that he needs to spice Jenny LeClue up for Jenny LeClue number 39 or number 38 or something like that. Okay. And if he doesn't do it, then that's the end of the series and he's got to kill some people off and, and stuff like that. So Jenny LeClue just for full disclosure I want to make sure that I've got the um, the rating correct. Let me just go grab it. Sure. Uh, because this is one of those games where it is deceptively, it looks like the kind of game that would be okay for kids to play, but I'm concerned that... That it quietly snuck up there? Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Okay, Jenny, take a look. Jenny LeClue. All right, Jenny LeClue is for twelve plus, so okay. it's 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 like where cards fall. So, T, it's a rated so T. it's yeah, rated T, and that's okay. So it does. It's not that it has particularly strong language, but it does deal with like you're solving crimes as Jenny LeClue, and they are a little bit more, you know, they're a little less wholesome than the quote unquote original Jenny LeClue um, mystery novels. So, I've played about 45 minutes of the game so far i really like what i've seen a lot of it is is going around it, it's it feels like it's phoenix Wright, you know where okay. you i don't know if you've ever played phoenix Wright, but you go into the investigation mode and you start like poking around at objects and see what stories they're trying to tell where the evidence is and then you connect pieces of evidence in order to present a case it's really interesting so Jenny LeClue is, even if you are not huge into mystery kinds of games, it's a great investigation. There, there are fantastic investigation elements on this. Another game that actually plays quite well on a smaller screen or a larger screen, just like where cards fall. Awesome. So we just went through seven games. Of a hundred. You know what's crazy? Exactly. There's a hundred of them. The, so... Let's tr let's take a break, yes. and then we'll come back, and then we're going to talk about like Apple Arcade as a whole because you and I obviously have thoughts and feelings. Also, yeah. there's facts to give out, like I guess whatever you're a journalist, so it's important. It's you know, I mean, I was I, on your, I was on your Twitter. Um, you told you you told people like last week at least once. I can't remember, but there was a thread. It was a good thread. Probably. You do some killer threads. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about some facts yeah, and time. feelings about Apple Arcade. 
Hi everyone, this is Steven Dutzman. I'm the host of this podcast. Engage Family Gaming is supported on Patreon. So, if you like what we do and have a dollar to spare, head on over to patreon.com slash engagedfamilygaming and pledge. Every dollar helps. All right, everybody, and we're back. I'm still Steven. Amanda's still here. No, she has not left yet. Um, and, uh, it is still episode 198 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Ooh, we are getting up there. I know, it's almost episode 200. It's going to be wild. So, So um, big topic this week. Let's talk about Apple Arcade. So, um, respected journalist and editor-in-chief of GameDaily.biz, Amanda Farrow, tell us the facts about Apple Arcade before we then like break off and like get hype and get hype about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So the things that parents need to know, and I did write about this on super parent things that parents need to know about this is that there are no in-app purchases or microtransactions in any of these games. So what you see is what you get. You will also get access to all future content updates for any of these games included in your Apple Arcade subscription. The Apple Arcade subscription is $4.99 a month. You are able to purchase it for six family members to share. You okay. download each of the games. These are not played from the cloud, so you don't need all you don't need connection in order to get to your games. All you need to do is download them. You cannot download a hundred of them at a time. It will take up way too much space on your iPad or your phone or whatever. Yeah. It's just a lot. Ain't nobody got that kind of phone. I mean, I and guess it, maybe you do. I mean, maybe if you got the 11. I don't know. I don't have the the 11, so. There's some big hard drives on some of the new iPads. Like an iPad Pro with a terabyte. Like, okay, but. Okay, well, maybe. All right, maybe on an iPad If you're one of those bougie people, but like us regular humans, there's more than a phone worth of games. It's true. There are a ton of games involved. So those are the base level facts that everybody needs to know about Apple Arcade. What else would you like to know? I mean, I think that's the, that's the bulk of it, right? Yeah, like, I think so. The rest of it's very businessy. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to worry super about relevant. that. I mean, if, if you're you want... curious, you can go and read Game Daily. But yeah. there is a breakdown of the business side of it on GameDaily.biz, which of course there's, there's a breakdown of the parental stuff over on Super Parent. Yep, it's like you. It's like you had like two jobs to do all at once. Um, which knife. is literally the story of your life. Okay, so um, we said it earlier on. We've heard we've overheard some people that know their stuff about mobile games declare that this, this as the best thing to happen to mobile games since the touch screen. Now that is that's like high praise because it's screen, not underselling it. Yeah, the touch screen it was pretty important, <laughs> but um, I don't disagree with you. Um, it's such a it's such a game changer for me, um, just because you know I. I can just, I don't have to deal with sorting through the app store anymore. I have an arcade that I can go to. Um, mechanically, oh, go ahead. Worry, and you don't have to worry about dealing with like in-app purchases or dealing with cus- or like premium currencies or cooldowns or gated content or, or any of that or ads. You know, you just can pick up and play the games and it doesn't matter. It's very, very, like this, one of the things that I've been hearing about this is that this is the biggest launch in mobile history for games. 
It is. And considering Apple didn't pay much attention to games for many years, this is enormous. That they're not just they're not just embracing like they're not just looking at games and being like, okay, so I think games are important. Like they're embracing it by publishing, acting as a hybrid publisher mm-hmm. um, and investing in these development studios. Like it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, I think I don't know how sustainable it is, but it's amazing right now. Well, I mean, Apple makes infinity money so if they like doing it <laughs> they gonna keep doing it sustainability is you know like lost leaders are a thing man if you yeah. just if they're like you know what it draws people to ios to have this arcade um it i mean how much could they possibly be losing um we'll find out um, we will We'll find out. I mean, this is, but and they'll this is, their earnings eventually. Yeah, exactly. And realistically, it's not like Apple has not. It's not like they haven't like dipped their toes into gaming before. Like they've tried, but th- you're right. This is more than this a try. Not, this this is, is completely different. This is not just a try. This is five hundred million dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. This is a big deal. Um, I think the so. Mechanically speaking, the one thing that I think is not really talked about when we talk about like how important it is, how big of a deal it is, is that it actually is a fundamental change in the way the App Store works on iOS. Because now there is another tab that is Arcade. Yeah. Um, and that's a big deal. I mean, they change the way the App Store works all the time. I saw you making a face like, what are you talking about, Steve? Um, no, 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 no. Not um, at all. But the um, – like – before, right, you had the, there was the app of the day and, you know, paid apps, free apps. The reality is it was a death knell. Um, Like, it was, like, how many apps were released every day? Like, dozens. Dozens at least, right? Tens of dozens some days. And if you didn't happen to get noticed by, you know, a Greg Miller or, you know, like, or like a any- you... Any journalist, any critic you need it, that yeah. has a following. Which meant, as a result, like, PR people for mobile games just spammed them at us to the point where we our heads spin. And um, we don't even know what to do about it because the deluge of content that we're already dealing with, there are six PR people for every journalist. Like, yeah. it's nuts. And that's just in regular industries. In the game industry, I'm sure it's double that. Yeah, exactly. And so... The fact that now, you know, you can just, on iOS at least, for these games to be able to whack into the into the arcade, yeah. which has a cool joystick icon, and just yeah. know that it is a smaller, more curated experience. Yes. They may not all be Game of the Year contenders, right? No. But the reality is we know someone looked at this. a lot of them are. Exactly. Uh, uh, agreed. But we know they all work. Yep. They're not designed to just be a, a, a YouTube ad player that happens to have some things happen. Like we yep. know some weird stuff that has been published onto the iOS app store. Yep. And um, because there's really no control here, there is 
at the very least a rudimentary certification process, right? Like you're going through and they're making sure that they work and that they are good. <laughs> yes. And I mean, don't get me as, as somebody who has worked with the Apple certification <laughs> process back when I used to work as an app developer and an app designer. This was like way, way back in the day. I haven't done it in years, but they're stringent. Believe it or not, the, the one that you got to be worried about is Google Play. The Google Play store, there's nothing. There are no... There's nothing going on over okay. there. You can throw whatever you want over there. It can be malware. It can be whatever. And they don't care. It's an open platform. But because Apple OS is a closed ecosystem, you do need to go through a stringent okay. uh, design process and acceptance process in order to get onto the store. It doesn't mean that that weeds out everything, but it weeds out the vast majority because it does take time, effort, and money to get okay. accepted. Okay, so fair enough. Um, the with that said, having this walled garden within a walled garden, right? It's nice though. It's it's amazing. Um, it's worth. It's a secret garden. It yeah right. Um, I'm sure that's a literary reference, but I never read that book. So, um, so I that I particularly love. That's like my favorite part of it is that now I have a place where I can go and I know that there was a dork that looked at it and was like, nah, this is cool for the Apple Arcade. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. it sure it had to go through cert to get mm -hmm. into the app store, but that means it had to work and not yes. like break everything. Didn't True. necessarily have to be good. No, the, the certification process had, it wasn't about whether or not a game was good or an app was good. It was about whether or not it met the design standards and it met UX standards. Yeah. So like you couldn't sneak in dark design patterns or whatever. And if you want to know more about dark design patterns, just at me on Twitter. Yeah. I'll tell you all about them. But this is not the time or the place. It so is not. what I love about yeah. Apple Arcade is that... There is now a place for me to play weird indie games on my phone yep. where I'm not shelling out anywhere between, you know, 10 and $30 a month to be playing the hotness on my phone. Like um, some of my favorite mobile games were Florence and Bury Me, My Love and Monument Valley and a bunch of these other incredible premium and alto's odyssey and alto's adventure and stuff like that and i loved thumper and you know these are all really quality experiences that i'm paying between like four and ten dollars a piece depending on what those games are now i'm paying five bucks a month the the weird indie games on mobile is really what has me it's my that's what's enamoring me and Part of what is keeping me going back to it and playing games that I haven't talked about because they're not family friendly. Um, but they're weird. These are like weird little games that maybe shouldn't exist, but Apple believed in them and said, hey, look, we're going to throw you some money. We want you to turn this into a game because we think this is weird and we think this is innovative and unique. And we want to we want to we want to get you on our platform. And we think that Apple Arcade is the perfect fit for you. And it's a perfect fit for us. This is a feather in Apple's cap. Really, that's what Arcade is. It is a celebration of weird indie games on mobile. And I hope that it continues to be that. I mean, I, I, I can't see why I, I personally, while I don't have huge faith in large corporations continuing their effort on various projects. 
indefinitely ahem google stadia but like it feels like this is a no-brainer like they've had games on the app store forever and this is we know they're moving to a subscription model on lots of stuff this feels like the right price point where it's a no-brainer for enough people and you know it's not like the ios install base is small so no it is not it is 48 percent of the global market yeah, that's many, 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 many people. Um, and five bucks is a burrito. No, yes. So, like, I have a 13-year-old that gets really excited about burritos, apparently. That's fair. Can't really get mad. So, um, like, five dollars, it's like nothing. And exactly. um, having, you know, carte blanche access, it's just so good. Here's another thing that I really like about it. Um, the the no ads. Yes. So I have on more than one occasion found a game because I got like an ad for it on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever. And I have downloaded it. And the game itself was like rudimentary and simple. And it was like cool to like just a stupid time waster, right? Like a free sure. game. And I'll do that a lot where I'll pick up a free game because I know I'm going to the doctor the next day or something. Right. And I just want an hour of that game and I grab it and I, you know, whatever. And I deal with the ads. I don't usually care more than a few times. Have some of those ads been uh, questionable where it's like, whoa. And so like I'm playing like a stupid like block dropping game or some like dumb puzzle. And all of a sudden, like I get a advertisement that really shouldn't be there and that's always made me nervous you know like flappy bird served up ads and you never knew what ads were going to be in there right like flappy bird itself is about as innocuous as you could possibly get sure but like but you never knew you never knew so it was always yeah. like oh man like please well, then well then no, so i mean if we're we're talking about ads there there are things that are changing that there are different services out there like there's vungle and mopub and a bunch of other um you know advertisement platforms that allow you to customize the kinds of ads that you're serving to a particular audience like those do exist now they didn't exist back then um, and not everybody is aware of them and not everybody is using them which i think is a travesty if you're not using a third party ad uh, monetization platform you are leaving a you're leaving money on the table and b you're you're doing a disservice to your audience so i don't disagree you are right <laughs> you are right um but sorry to make it businessy no listen that's fair and you should i should learn more about those because i probably need i should to probably know. write more about those to yeah. be honest oh, that's fair um but i should probably learn about them and use them maybe um but like, okay, so that's a big piece for me, knowing that, listen, any of the games that are in this ecosystem, no ads, no hot garbage, right? Like that for me is a game changer and it's worth $5 to be able to say, yeah. you know what, go on into the app store, you know, check out these games and, you know, show me what you find. <laughs> Cause you know, there's a few things that are, question well like go into the family category anything in there kid just download it and know that i'm not gonna have to worry about like random garbage um that level of comfort 
is so good to me. Um, and the same thing, I mean, I, my kids have, are remarkably disciplined with regards to spending virtual currency. Um, and I think that's just because they're around me and, you know, we're very sensitive to, like, we haven't had the Smurf Berries incident. You know what I mean? No, we haven't either. Also, everything is incredibly locked down on every device in the house. So we are locked down, but not probably as much as we should. And part of that is because, um, Your kids so are far, older yeah, exactly. Um, but even when they were younger, like we, it was never a, um, it was never a temptation because they knew that we would do it. It's, so it's a culture. It's a culture and education yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with it. What's interesting yeah. about that is, so, you know, talking about, like, microtransactions, so these games don't have them. Um, like, there was a, uh, there is a, what's the game? I'm bringing it up right now. Um, there's a city building game that's on there. And one of my favorite genres is city builders. I love city building games on mobile. I put like city builders, town builders. I spent so much money on the Avengers, or not money, but time on the Avengers Academy game. Like building mm -hmm. up my Avengers Academy and training up I my teenage that, superheroes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Vision in uh, uh, in a sweater vest. Um, magnifique. So, but they have this game called Outlanders, not to be confused with Overland, um, which is a challenge-based strategy game. Um, and... Because it doesn't have microtransactions, it took me a while to figure out how to play it because I was just expecting the regular tropes and everything. And I think that's neat. Sure. It's cool, um, but it's just an interesting... Like, I'm just so used to mobile games playing a certain way that, like, going back in a different... It, it's You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. I think that I play, for the most part, I don't tend to, like, I personally don't tend to play a lot of free-to-play games on my phone. I play a lot of premium games. So this service was just tailor-made for me because it just gives me more of what I want or less money per month. And I'm happy to pay it, more importantly. So, yeah. yes, that's that's Apple Arcade. I mean, obviously, you and I could talk about Apple Arcade until we could. Know, the cows come And I suspect, but... um, this is, how about we let's make this a deal. Um, every video game episode, mm -hmm. let's agree to talk about at, at least one Apple Arcade game. We'll call it like, awesome. the Apple Arcade Game of the Week. More weird indie games. Yes, exactly. All right, so enough about Apple Arcade. Let's jump to the next topic. This will be relatively brief. This is one of the games that I played this week. I played a bunch of Super Mario Kart Tour you walk me through this, my friend, because I have not played any of it. Um. Well, you have definitely played the too Mario Kart. Too busy playing Jenny LeClue. You've been playing wacky indie games. Meanwhile, been. I've been playing mobile bastardizations of AAA Nintendo games. Now, um, Super Mario Kart Tour is literally Mario Kart on mobile. That's it. It's really. It's not much more fancy than that. But. And there's a big butt on this one. Um, it's a free-to-play mobile game. 
and Nintendo is not doing this just to have fun. Um, this is not a part of Apple Arcade, meaning it has microtransactions. Specifically, it's got gotcha-style microtransactions. One of the biggest things that you do is you have there's a, a warp pipe that you can pull down on, and it shoots loot boxes into the sky because um, it has loot boxes. I mean, it, right? It's got the gotcha mechanics. Yeah, it's got gotcha stuff. For those of you that don't know what gotcha is, gotcha is a, it's a, they're loot boxes. Um, there's a whole story about what they were, and it's from Japan. And in mobile, it's how it has been for years. Yeah. It wasn't until like Electronic Arts learned about it and kind of ruined it for everybody. <laughs> that, um, which really is cynical, but not super far from the truth. Because um, mobile was just chilling with their loot boxes for years, and nobody gave a crap. And then all of a sudden, they put too many in a Star Wars game, and everybody loses their mind. Um Rightfully so. So um, basically the idea is you start with a racer. I got Toadette. That was my starter, um, which is fine. I don't mind Toadette. She's cool. Um, and they have different powers and, you know, the different racers have different powers and you have different vehicles and, you know, just like in Mario Kart. The difference is unlocking any of them requires spending in-game currency to fire off the the cannon thing. Mm-hmm. Um that's the that's the challenging part of it. One thing I will say is it doesn't have like an energy mechanic or anything like that. You can just keep playing. So if you really, really like, a, yes. So it's not gated. It's not gated. Not that I can see that's so far. Um, and usually you can see the gate. Um, yeah. No, there's limited challenges. Like the way that the challenges work is there are they're timed in real world weeks like right now we're in new york and then we're going to go to france and we're going to do all sorts of stuff and so the levels are based like right now it's new york so you're new donk city um and there are challenges to complete if you finish all the challenges you unlock a racer like this is one of the this is definitely an appointment game but if you just want to race some cars you can do it um your high score chasing um you're earning experience leveling up your racers and your cars etc which i'm presuming unlock boosts um, the, it's fine in that regard, right? Like the, it's unavoidable, like it has microtransactions, but it's actually kind of fun if you just okay. kind of ignore that stuff. Um, the racing is, uh, you can play Mario Kart with one hand. It's you, you basically, um, you accelerate automatically, it's so like in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe where the with the acceleration assist on. So you always oh. go. So all you are always doing... Always be driving. Always be driving. ABD. As like, opposed to ever, always be closing. Always just be closing. In case, yeah, in case you just want... Just in case anybody was wondering what that was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, always in case you wanted to do the Glengarry Glen Ross thing, sure. Exactly. Um, so the... Um, which is an amazing movie, not family friendly. Um, <laughs> so... The um, so the the way that it works is you're always going forward, and you basically swipe the opposite of the direction that you want to turn. You're basically swiping where the butt of your car goes, and that okay. determines where the front of your car goes. Um, and you have power slides just like in Mario Kart. Um, okay. and so it takes some getting used to because you know <laughs> you're used to turning in the direction that you want to go. <laughs> right so you want to turn right you turn right you, you turn the you, but in this case you're not you actually swipe left 
yeah. so that you can go. So it takes a, it, it took me five minutes to get used to. Um, Got it. My oldest son played. It took him like a race, and then he was like, "Oh, okay." Um, right. That's that, kind of how I felt when I was playing Sayonara Wild Hearts. It took me a little while to figure out how the traversal worked. You you sold me. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I promise. Um, I know you're not actually sassing me. I thought I. Just... I'm really not. <laughs> it's just what it reminded me of. I'm, sell- I'm selling the bit. I'm selling the bit. No, I'm I'm actually really excited to try it again now that I have a little bit more context. But with this, um, it's fun. It's it costs zero dollars to try, and I think if you have kids that really like Mario Kart, or maybe that you like Mario Kart and you don't own a Switch, right? And you, this is just like there are plenty of people that. Your sure. gaming is your phone. Maybe your board game folks who listen to this just for the mobile stuff every once in a while. If you don't own a Switch, but your kids really are interested in playing Mario Kart, this is a perfectly reasonable option. Now, okay. one thing that I am that is kind of new to me um, is that this game actually has its own subscription. It does. It's a four ninety nine subscription, which is ironically the same price as Apple Arcade. So, like, if you put them side by side, it's not really a fair comparison. However, if you're all in on Super Mario Kart, um, it adds another mode and it adds additional challenges. It makes you gain more XP. It's basically like a pay. I mean, for lack of a better term, it's a pay to win mode. Um, I mean, but yeah. it is unnecessary because, right. like, for example, the mode that's locked behind that subscription is 200 CC, which mm-hmm. is absurdly fast. And I don't really like it. So, I don't like going that fast. I, I like like 150 CC is about my limit. I like a hundred. That's, that's where I like to race. Yeah. 50 is too easy. Um, but a hundred is where I go race with the kids. Yeah. Um, 150 I, is if I want to challenge myself, but 200, it's way too fast. I honestly really love the technicality of racing at 50 cc's but only against other players um like playing sure. as a computer 50 cc because in the game 50 cc the ai is also crappy sure but like playing as other players you gotta be real careful because you're slow um yeah so it's neat um i think this is certainly worth a download it's available on ios and android it's free so i recommend that everybody give it a shot especially if you like mario kart um i'm gonna keep playing it I'm, I'm not going to subscribe to it. I look forward to, to you continue, continuing to try to sell me on it. So, um, Listen, all I got is that it's free. Um, so, That's but not really the selling point for me. Not, though, there, not, any, not anymore because you have an Apple Arcade subscription. There's a hundred free games on there that are all probably better. I, don't, I think this is one of those games that maybe we should just wait for Mario Kart 9. Which, by the way, Nintendo, why don't you make Mario Kart 9... And make like just print money. I know that you have a business. You're you're a business expert, and you know why. It's because they don't need to. It's because Mario Kart 8 Deluxe keeps selling. But really, just print money. It's true. It's just, true. That is why. Just print money, though. Just print money, because Mario Kart 9, do you, the, the world would shatter. Um. Anyway. Um. On to the next topic, and this will be a relatively quick one. I think this was just kind of neat. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Project X Cloud. Okay. So, renowned journalist Amanda Farrow, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about Project X Cloud because you've been in the weeds on this one. I have been since day one. Yes, we have been paying attention to a lot of the cloud gaming and cloud streaming pieces, and since um, they started to really come to fruition last E3. 
So that's when Project X Cloud was announced. That's when the early concepts for Google Stadia was announced. That's when we started to see EA Atlas, which is their cloud gaming and streaming announced. That's last year is when I started to pick up uh, Blade Shadow, which is this really fantastic um, streaming software and an actual little streaming box that you can pick up. So anyway, cloud gaming has been cloud gaming is big money. The cloud is big money in general. So Project X Cloud is Microsoft's foray. Yeah. Now, yesterday, was it yesterday? No, it was the day before yesterday. It was on the 24th. Uh-huh. They Microsoft announced at Inside Xbox that they would be opening up Project X Cloud for public beta testing on mobile. So what Project X Cloud is going to allow people to do is to stream from the cloud uh-huh. to their phones or to their computers. So you can play Xbox games literally wherever you are. Xbox is taking their ethos of gaming for everyone to gaming anywhere. Yeah, no kidding. They really... Which is amazing. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable how, how much they have drilled down into and really, really, really dug into this new version of themselves. And, like, I'm impressed. I continue to be impressed with... with the way that Microsoft handles itself within its own corporate culture. And they're not perfect. Neither is Xbox. Uh, but they've come, a, they've come a really, really long way. So Project X Cloud is going to be in public beta starting next month. You can go to the Xbox uh, website and you can go check that out. I wrote about it on Game Daily Biz. So if you want to go read more in-detail stuff potentially about you know, where it's going to be. It's only going to be running in the U.S., the U.K., and South Korea. Sorry, fellow Canadians. It won't be running in Canada. I mean, eventually it will. Eventually it will. It should be able to eventually, but the problem is that um, mobile in Canada isn't great. Uh, The infrastructure isn't great. That hurts that. Um, And there's only a handful of of good um, telecom companies of good. They're They're not good culturally, but they're large. And the vast majority of Canada doesn't live in a in a city, so it makes it really hard, really challenging uh, to yeah. pin down that level of data. But Microsoft's biggest uh, markets are the U.S., the U.K., and South Korea, so that's where they're focusing. This thing's gonna slay in Korea. This is absolutely. This is going to slay in Asia in general. Asia yeah. is set to become the biggest market for cloud gaming by 2023. I think it's set to hit like a, like two billion users or something like that. It does um, not I hurt know. that there are a gajillion people there. It's like, true. A gajillion. It, it, there, it's heavily populated. It's an emerging market. Uh, China's an established market, as is Korea. So, and then there, you know, a number of a number of other places as well, like India. Yeah. Um, you know, these are all established markets, and they are huge. They are yeah. absolutely enormous. So that's what xCloud is all about. Eventually, what it should allow you to do, they're not testing it currently, it should allow you to stream from your Xbox at home to your phone, to your PC. So, I mean, I don't know why you would do that necessarily, like especially to your PC, because there is also the Xbox Game Pass, which if you get the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, um, you're able to stream anything from Xbox Game Pass directly to your PC. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess if it's not an Xbox game in Game Pass, 
you should be able to stream it to your phone or to your PC. So I suppose I kind of get it. So anyway, long story short, Project xCloud is going into technical beta. It should be really interesting to see what data comes out of this. And Microsoft's usually really good about sharing their findings along the way because they just they want to continue to elevate the industry and they feel like and their ethos has been especially over the past couple of years share more data all boats rise yeah so yep that's project x cloud it's i i originally dismissed it admittedly you and i look at these things in very different ways i was looking at it from a utility perspective and originally i dismissed it um and the more I think about it, right, and and it's as simple as, and, and maybe it's just buying into the marketing machine, because when they were talking about what you could do with it on the inside Xbox stage, which literally is a marketing machine, but, like, as they talked about it, it just reminded me that, like, you know, for real, um, we're a console agnostic household. We have everything by nature of the fact that we have a job to do. Um, yes. So I can absolutely imagine that there are games that will be um, that I would prefer to buy on Xbox because I could play them anywhere. Um, having that extra it utility, it would certainly make up for you know the exclusives that you can only get on PlayStation, and PlayStation now doesn't really do the same things yet. Nope. So. This isn't even com- this is not comparable to anything else that's out there outside of Shadow. Yeah. And Shadow is about streaming a PC, right? Yeah. You have your own virtual machine that in in Windows 10 that you stream to whatever device and it's very device agnostic. But it's not an Xbox. It's not for gaming necessarily. Like I mean, yeah, you can go and install all your favorite launchers, but it's not for anything in particular. This mm-hmm. is just for Xbox. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's amazing. It's a wild. I am super looking forward to seeing what it is. Um, unfortunately, I have an iPhone, so I don't get to participate in the beta. Um, the beta has some pretty cool games in it, too. You get little Halo 5, little Gears, not for the yep. kids. Um, sea of Thieves. Um, it's okay. Sea of Thieves, sea of Thieves is fine. It's just it's not, not good. It's just not for me. Yeah. I think that's what that comes down to is I want it. I want to like Sea of Thieves, but it's just not a game for me. Yeah, um, I hated it vehemently. Um, and and that's okay. I'm glad that there are people that like it, and I'm I'm sure it's better now than it was at launch. Um, Oh, the game is completely different than what it was at launch. Exactly. So, um, with Destiny, right? Like, I mean, I mean, same thing with just about any game as a service. Yeah, exactly. Live service always change. It's such a weird man. We live in a weird time. So, so uh, the reason I brought up XCloud is. Number one, because I think it's neat that, like, a real console holder is trying to do something. It's not, like, on live or any of these other crazy things. This is, like, Microsoft. This is Microsoft. And Microsoft has invested a lot of money into their cloud technology. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have Azure. And Azure is being used on enterprise projects Mm -hmm. all over the world. It is. It makes up like it. What did it have this year? Uh, cloud technology in the last quarter at Microsoft was up 22%. So that's how much revenue went up year over year. And the cloud cloud technology specifically for Azure 
went up 68% year over year. Like people are really starting to invest in cloud technology. And because they're investing in Microsoft, Microsoft is able to invest in Xbox. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is very much so Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella being like, I ate all boats rise. Yeah, I like it. Such is a cool dude. So gonna, I I don't know, but I believe you. <laughs> I trust that you would know. So this is one of those cool things. Um, we're gonna talk. Well, I'm sure we'll touch base on it more. Yeah, as, absolutely. Um, you know, as it comes out. because um, I mean, the reality is, we I mean, we don't know how it's actually gonna work on a consumer end. Meaning, no. like, are we paying extra for it? Is it gonna get bumped into the Xbox Live thing? Um, well, I mean, that's the speculation right now. The yeah. speculation is that it's going to get wrapped into Game Pass, which isn't the end of the world necessarily, but for now, it's free. Yeah. The technical test, especially if you have an Android, get into it. Like, if you can, try it. See what happens. If for nothing else, because it'll be an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Because it is neat tech, and I am super excited Extremely to cool. learn more about how it all works. Yes. Great. So, yeah. So this has been episode 198. Can you believe we're almost at episode 200? I did not. I I mean, I knew this day would come. I did because I believed in us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't believe yeah. this day is almost here. I've been planning for episode 200. It's going to be so a proud. wild one. It's going to be so good. It's going to be wild. Um, Yay. I've also been planning on our Thanksgiving episode, which is also going to be quite good. I haven't told you what I'm doing. Um, I'm still getting used to American Thanksgiving. Remember, Thanksgiving for me as a Canadian is next month. Yeah, but we're going to end up having to record this in, like, very soon. Okay. Probably around your actual... Probably right (laughs) around your actual Thanksgiving. Um, Just because it's complicated. But, all right, folks. This has been episode 198 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording it. We're going to be back next week to talk about board games. More likely than not, we'll be talking about the new expansion for Magic the Gathering, which is now fully out. We'll be talking about a new Transformers expansion, which is fully out. And um, probably more, you know, like just all sorts of other cool stuff. So, the um, so you guys have a great week. Um, I do have one favor to ask. Um, I want you to share the podcast with one other person. That's it. One. Everybody knows one. Um, so go find them, send them the link, tell them that they would love our show, and have them subscribe. Um, maybe just grab their phone and subscribe to it without them knowing. I'm not concerned. If they don't listen, as long as they download, it's good for me. So, um, and Get them Apple Arcade while you're at and it. Get them Apple Arcade. I mean, okay, maybe don't do that one because it costs money eventually. Um, downloading it's free month. Well, I mean, isn't it? I mean, I don't okay, know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm hijacking this. I'm sorry. Hijacking. Anyway, everyone, have a wonderful week. I will see you next time. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.